Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of Before, Doing and After. Today I'm joined by Anger Scott Young, 24 years old from the Queensland Reds. Um, he's got a fair bit going on. I'm really looking forward to having a yarn with him. Um, mate, thanks for your time. Give yourself a quick wrap and uh, we'll hook in. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me first off. It's a pleasure to have a chat. Um, so yeah, at 24 years old, I've uh, played a few seasons with the Reds, Queensland Reds now. Uh, a few other things going on behind the scenes, so a bit of study, a bit of an academic. I finished my science and commerce dual degree in 2019 at UQ. Now I'm studying a master's in biotech, um, which is pretty interesting. And recently started up a little t-shirt company called St. Gustav, which is kind of like my alter ego. So that's a bit of a <laughs> fun side hustle, I guess you call it, yeah. Yeah, no, sweet, happy days. Um, yeah, well, obviously, mate, firstly... Um, Big year for you this year with the Reds. I think we'll start there. Um, probably a bit of a strange season. Um, obviously, a bit of a strange time for everybody in the world with um, with COVID. But they managed to get a, a bit of a, uh, a tournament going. And, and obviously, Reds coming out on top um, as champions in the Australian comp. How, how was the year for you, mate, firstly? Um, how did you find it all? Yeah, like you said, it was an awesome season to be a part of, I think. Um, me personally, as a player, I felt like I developed heaps, which was awesome for me but as a team you know achieving that um, that goal of winning the Super AU was a massive step in the right direction for the organization um had a few slim slim years of uh not winning too much um came close in 2020 but lost in the grand final so it was awesome to get some silverware finally to add to the cabinet um first for me personally at that level which was really cool um and I think you know we really developed as a team we're a pretty young team past few years and that brought with it a few tough lessons to be learned, smashed a bit in those first few years in 2018 and 2019. But I think now to sort of like reap the rewards for that hard work was awesome to see. Yeah. Well, like you said, you've had a pretty young squad, um, but a lot of it's come through like that, that um, Queensland rugby comp as well. And obviously you've been building and building and yeah, it's, it's, it's worked out well. Like you said, obviously you've got a, a, a nice, uh, a nice team coming together there. Um Obviously, everyone's got a journey, mate, to, to making it as a professional. Um, what was your avenue and, and how did you get involved, obviously, um, in rugby firstly? Um, and, and what was the path you took to get to the Reds? Yeah, so I guess I've always had family ties with rugby union. Uh, yeah. My dad being a Wallaby player back in the day, a proud Queenslander as well. Um, so he was sort of my first inspiration to get into the sport. Um, you know, I tried a few sports at school. Um I was actually a pretty avid water polo player for quite a while there. I thought I that was my game of choice for a while. But what was that? Uh, I Sorry? think in 2011, I played a bit of water polo oh, yeah. um, in school, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and I thought that was like my main sport for a while there. But then I think in 2011, um, when the Reds won, that all sort of changed. Um, seeing seeing them win at Suncorp um, was a crazy experience for me. So that was when I sort of decided I wanted to go professional and make a career of it. Um, and my pathway from there was just uh, play club footy, played for, actually played for East most of my schooling years because um, all my boys over at Churchy were playing in there. Played Churchy first 15, got out of school and got into the Reds Academy 20 system. Played a few years there and debuted in 2018 in the Reds main squad. So I guess you could say I'm a bit of a grassroots player myself, which is cool. Yeah, 100%. Um, obviously, yeah, playing first 15 and going through the age grades, Um how old are you when you made your debut? Well, you've played already. You've already played about 50, 50 games, have you? 
Yeah, I played my 50th against the Waratahs this year. Uh, I'll probably be in like 56, 57 now. I'm not yeah. too sure exactly, but I was um, my first year with the Reds was in 2018, and I just finished up the 20th year before. So I was, I would have been right around my 21st birthday. I debuted for the Reds the bench against the Brumbies. So that was yeah. a pretty cool experience. Yeah, perfect. So, like when you were playing first grade, you were playing in that, like the, the GPS comp, the Jeeps, is that what they call it up there? Um, uh, the school, schoolboy competition? Yeah, yeah. GPS, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is massive, isn't it? It's a massive comp. I actually had um, Digby Wani on here the other week, and um, he was te- he was talking about his story, and, and then I've actually been up and watched a couple of games, and yeah, I've never seen anything like it eh, for, for a schoolboy comp, I guess, if just compare it with New Zealand, but that's the, that's what it kind of reminded me of. Um, yeah. And then how, how many years were you playing club footy? Like, have you been in and out, to NRC, that sort of stuff, or? Yeah. Yeah, so I got out of school, finished in 2014, um, and then played for UQ um, for a few years. So I played like Colts my first year out of school, sort of got in the Reds 20 system, but I played quite a bit of prem grade for the heavies, UQ, um, in 2017, like 2019 actually played a bit. So I've been bouncing around through the club system as well, and I always love going back and playing some, uh, some UQ football. Yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome what they do over here in Australia. It's down here in um, obviously I'm from Wales, if you can't tell, but um, the accent I can tell. <laughs> but um, yeah, down you know like even in the, in the Shoot Shield and up there in um, the Queensland Premier Comp, where you do get the professional players going back and playing for their clubs as well. Like you don't see any of that back home. You'll have academy boys, 18, 19 years old, playing two, three games a year, which is um, yeah, right. Yeah, I think it's good. You probably see quite a few boys coming back this year now that um, Super's finished up. There's still so many games left for club. Um, I know I've obviously had a few weeks off at the back end of the red season, but my good mates like Liam Wright, Sarah, we were playing for East last week. Um, Angus Blythe turning out for, for Bond, which is pretty cool to see all the Reds boys come back and play. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, it's, it's pretty massive for the comp. Um, it'll definitely draw a crowd as well. And and clubs are probably doing it a little bit tough after COVID as well. And yeah, like you said, it's good to kind of go back and play where you've come from. So yeah, mate, like we touched on it there um, with the uh, a bit of a strange year um, going into it. Um, what was the club culture like? How, how did the boys get around it? Obviously, you said it, it was a bit strange for yourself, but what was the Reds culture and how did you all buy into it for the for the, for the COVID season? Um, to be honest, 2021 wasn't too bad on the COVID front. Uh, we got a bit unlucky considering we'd travel down to Sydney and then there'd be an outbreak somewhere and we'd have to stay. We stayed at Coogee a few times for a week or two. I think we got caught out two or three times, which is just unlucky. But more so last year in 2020, that was when it was pretty tough um, because because most of the teams were based in Sydney and we were the only Queensland team. Um, when we travelled into that hotspot zone, because obviously the border was closed then, we got special yeah. dispensation to go. We were given government like a like a home quarantine order, so we could only go to training and home. Yeah, which obviously made it quite tough. For some boys, um, you know, obviously have to go out and buy food and stuff and essentials. But um, even so, like the travel was a lot more strenuous because there was fly in, fly out of the game, like on game day. Oh, so yeah. we'd get up in the morning and sit around at, a, at an airport, sit around at a 
you know, at a stadium for ages, play and then fly home straight away after and probably get home usually like 2.30, 3, 3 a.m. in the morning and walk home off the tarmac, which is pretty, um, pretty tough to travel. But I guess that was the reality of what we faced and we needed to play. So we're happy to do it. It was just just pretty pretty tough after a few away games, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And then could you uh, did you have many home games in 2020? Like, obviously, with the borders being closed, could they come up to you? or And then they just have to do the same vice versa, was it? Yeah, so they could come come up um, because we were in contact with them on the field. Obviously, we were still yeah. because we were in like a non-COVID state at the time. We'd still have to be in a quarantine, like a home quarantine after. But they yeah. just travelled up. Yeah, game day, same thing. Fly back down. So everyone did it. And to be honest, I felt for the Melbourne Rebels boys because they were away from home for like something like eight weeks, eight to yeah. ten weeks or something. Because just Melbourne was a complete lockdown, so they had to get out. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I, you forget how long it's been going on for now. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking of the 2021 season, and it's mad to think that it's been going since what last March. Yeah, I know. It feels. It sort of feels like these two seasons were just one big long season to be honest because it's sort of they pushed obviously COVID was in March last year pushed the season back to the back end of the year and then we were already into preseason and straight back into uh, 2021 so one long big season so good to have a week off yeah definitely mate definitely and like I said I compare it to back home that we are pretty lucky over here like I got mates that are like you know playing in the same equivalent as the Queensland Premier League Shoot Shield and I haven't played rugby for over a year and a half now not a game no training um, only now coming out of into a semi semi lockdown. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's pretty mad. We have been pretty yes. lucky, obviously, especially at the top of professional level. Obviously, it's your job, but um, yeah, a lot of sacrifices by a lot of people made to to make the game go ahead. Yeah, definitely, that sounds tough. Yeah, um, mate. Like you said, obviously, um, when we were in a chat off air, um, twenty four years old, you've got a fair bit going on. Um, Obviously, a professional rugby player, but um, pretty academic as well. Um, studying to be a doctor. Are you doing that part-time whilst playing still? Or have you, have you just put it aside for a while? Or Yeah, well, so at UQ, um, I got into medicine when I graduated in 2014 through the, like, the provisional entry pathway, which is you do an exam at the end of school um, and you get accepted your place into medicine. Um, but because it's a master's program at UQ, um, you have to do an undergraduate degree before that. So I chose to do science commerce just to, I've obviously love science. It's my main area of interest, but I wanted to do sort of business commerce degree and get a bit of, um, you know, business knowledge and actually learn how the real world works a bit. Um, so I was meant to start in 2020, actually, um, in my, med- my medical degree, I mean, my master's, um, but I pushed that back for two years. So I meant to start, two now um but yeah we'll, we'll address that when it comes to but um when I, I graduated my undergraduate midway through 2019 I started in 2020 uh like a master's of biotech degree which is more for interest to be honest to keep me you know engaged and learning um whilst I'm not studying medicine um but yeah that's sort of my plan at the moment just seeing if I can push off medicine for a while and also play professional footy but we'll see how it goes yeah, yeah. Like obviously, you were still studying a little bit when you when you were starting as a professional. Was it was that kind of like to take your mind off things as well? Like obviously, um, some people don't like to be, especially the ones that are usually pretty good at it. They don't like to be a hundred percent footy. They like to have something to switch off to as well. Obviously, medicine's medicine's pretty hard to switch off to. But um, did you find that a good <laughs> a good balance? Um, to be honest, 
yeah, like you said, I'm one of those people who needs something off the footy field. Um, if I just play rugby, I just feel, I don't know, I feel like I need to do something um, else. Uh, it's obviously a good escape and I, I do enjoy learning. Um, but when I did my undergraduate, I did do it full time for four and a half years. So really? I don't really recommend doing that if you're, <laughs> uh, you know, playing footy full time or working full time because it was it was hectic. Like there were times where I was at my desk for like three weeks, like eight hours a day, just studying because I've missed so much um, content throughout the semester. I had to catch up for exams. But my mindset when I finished school was I wanted to get my undergraduate done as soon as possible. Um, yeah. Focus on after that, you know. Um, so yeah, I stuck to it. Uh, it was pretty tough in hindsight, and I don't recommend it for the average person. You got to be pretty dedicated to do it. Um, a lot of sacrifices were made. Probably didn't go to many social events um, yeah, when I was especially younger, in the early twenties. Yeah, yeah, I sort of sacrificed that. But it's pretty cool to say now that I've got two degrees under my belt. Um, yeah, at twenty-four years old and a professional football player. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. you, you hit the nail on the head there. Like it come down to sacrifices. Do you know what I mean like um, you talk to a lot of people and and that mindset? Um, obviously, you've got something to fall back on as well. Careers don't don't last forever, unfortunately. And um, yeah, hence kind of the reason I set up the podcast as well. I, I like to hear those sort of stories and what what people do off the field. Um, so yeah, I guess you don't want to be thinking about it now. So you push it back a little bit. You're just going to see where footy takes you, and then you've got you've got that to fall back on. Or, um, I mean, I do have. I've always wanted to study overseas as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that figures into the study puzzle yet. It's a bit complex, but uh, no, I went over at the end of 2019 to Cambridge University um, just yeah. to have a look, check it all out. I've obviously. My little sister actually went over there and did like a little exchange. And my brother studied at Edinburgh Uni. So yeah. um, I've seen them studying. They've said it's such an amazing experience. The institutions over there are top quality, best in the world. So I want, I want to do something like that my whole life. So I went over. I'm actually met up with James Hall because he was studying an executive MBA over there at the time. Yeah. Um, just went out a chat and a coffee with him, had a look around the university. Um and I'm thinking I might, I'm not sure yet because I'm still undecided about what my study path will be, but um, I think in potentially post-career go over there and do something similar to James, actually, um, an MBA or something more led to biotech. Did you say that was at Cambridge University? Yeah, Cambridge, yeah. Yeah, it's not just going over to any university, going over to Cambridge as well, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's well, they pretty cool it's one of the best in the world like uh, i think it'd be an awesome experience oh 100 100 yeah like you yeah. said it's definitely uh definitely one of one of the best in the world um yeah like you said it'd be nice to, to travel and, and get to the other side of the world as well um like i said maybe we, with the uh with the off the field stuff um obviously you're getting well known as a player um you've started your own brand up um as you said if i pronounce it right saint gustav Gustav, close. Gustav, Gustav. <laughs> so, thank, thank um, Gustav. So, so, tell us the story behind it. It's, um, um, how, so long it how long has it been going, firstly? Um, obviously, I came across uh, it. So, yeah, I officially launched it um, start of April. Yeah, I sort of built up the Instagram for a few months prior to that, but the first drop was 7th of April, which is pretty cool. The story behind saying Gustav is um, there's a few things that feed into it, right? So, I've always been a sort of collector of vintage T-shirts. Um, I've always liked old school Harley Davidsons, 
know, NBA, NFL style varsity tees. I've always sort of worn them. Um, I just, yeah, I like that sort of appeal. And I think it's pretty cool to like memorialize sporting events like that. Um, I noticed there's, there's not really anything celebrating rugby union. There's no streetwear culture surrounding the sport. I think there's a bit of a gap in the market, to be honest there. So I thought, well, I want to do something in that space. Um, so I started doing a bit of research. And to be honest, um, when I was a kid, I was pretty artistic. I loved a bit of drawing. Um, unfortunately, I had to drop art at school because of like my, I wanted to get a good OP and get it to university. So I had to drop it in year 10. But it was probably one of my favorite subjects. And I've always sort of drawn little cartoon, comic character style things. Um, um, so like that's sort of what's fed into my, my t-shirt designs. I'm, I'm also a big follower of a guy in America called Warren Lotus, who often does a lot of illustrations, very similar to my style. I've pretty much based my style of his, um, of like NBA players, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I've taken a few elements of his and tried to do it my own way for a rugby union. Yeah, I draw all the designs on my computer um, and then print them locally. So it's pretty cool. And it's this first shot was pretty successful. I don't think to sell many t-shirts but seemed to get a bit of attention which is cool first drop was that when you done the the super rugby like the grand final one was that your first drop uh so the first drop officially was um so like the quaid show t-shirt so the oh Reds yes Champions i was looking t-shirt. at that earlier actually yeah yeah quaid show i've got tom and thor as well my good mate tenny Tupo, um and air jordan jordan Pataya. so yeah i've started off sort of doing guys in my teams, guys that I'm close with, because I want to do what I know first. And I want to make yeah. sure it's right with the person that yeah. I'm drawing or trying to, you know, create something cool for them because they're my mates. Um, so you, so you, you do, do all of, you do all of the artwork as well. Yeah, I draw them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool. It takes um, probably like a week to draw them. If I'm pretty on it. Like, yeah, no, that's, that's unreal. So, like you said, you just print them locally at the moment. Um, and, yeah, you, you don't want to run before you walk. But any uh, long-term goals with the brand or anything you're aiming towards or just, just going with the flow? Yeah, so I've sort of got a bit of a plan in place. It's just a soft plan. But, you know, I wanted to start with Rugby Union. That's what I know. That's my bread and butter. I want to promote, you know, a streetwear culture around that sport. Um, I've got obviously started with the Reds, my local team, um, had like decent success, um, but I'm obviously want to do a few more teams um, in the future and a few people from around the world. I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, in terms of long, long term, I have broader ambitions than just rugby union, but I think that's what I'm focusing on at the moment. Yeah. Like I'd love to do some originals where it's just sort of my illustration can be related to sport, something else. But uh, yeah. yeah, at the moment, I'm really loving doing the rugby union style stuff, seeing people at the stadium, saw a few people at Suncorp wearing them at the Caxton after as well. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm just enjoying And do you, do you yeah. like, um, obviously rugby union, rugby league different, but um, I obviously do a lot of branding and stuff and, and follow a fair few of the league. And, and like the, they're talking about it a lot now, like the importance of building a brand where, whilst you're a player. Do you know I mean like, I don't know if you follow like vintage mode, um, and those yeah. sort of people, like, you know, those boys at YKTR, um, you know, they're building such big brands off the back of being players, Caelan Ponga, people like that. And, I, and yeah, like, like I said, I think you're the, probably the first rugby player that I've seen digging in, in, into that space. Like, you know, you've got to leverage it as well whilst, mm. whilst you're playing. Um, 
yeah, I, I think it's a brilliant idea. Like I said, I haven't seen anything within within the rugby union. All the boys buy into it as well, that they like it, obviously. And Yeah, yeah, it's been good. I've sort of, uh, it's actually worked out pretty well because I guess all the guys in my team are sort of like a good test market. So I'll bring like T-shirt samples in, I'll bring drawings in, I'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'll be like, oh, it's kind of cool, I wouldn't wear it. Some other guys are like, yeah, it's awesome. But I always like asking specific guys who are like really tough critics in the team. I'll bring one of my t-shirts in, my first prototypes, whatever. I'll be like, what do you think? And they'll be like, oh, it sucks. You got to change it. <laughs> that happened a few times. That happened yeah. a few times, but it's because that sort of shows me what, you know, potential clients, potential consumers would want. Yeah, I get um, Yeah, which I thought was pretty good. But uh, in terms of the drop, yeah, a few boys, I had them in the store early, which was cool. Um, the online store and they bought a few t-shirts which is awesome and they rocked them to be honest they rocked them heaps after training they're just sort of like their post-training shirt casual casual yeah. relaxed shirt they chuck on so it's pretty cool to see you know something that i've drawn on my laptop printed on a t-shirt now being yeah. all around the place yeah no uh, yeah i mean i, I think uh it's, it's an awesome idea and yeah i'm pretty keen to to, to watch it grow like you said um if you're the first one in that space, there's no reason why it can't. Um, when's the next dropout? Yeah, I've got a few coming out pretty soon. I'm uh, looking to do a special edition for the Olympics, which would be pretty cool. Um, and then, considering it's now international season, keep your eyes peeled for a bit of a potentially Bledders Low Rugby Championship type style tease. Might be a yeah. few coming out, so it's cool. Yeah, in the next few months, there should be a few more coming out, which is cool. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent, and um, that's just all online at the moment. Run through through the Instagram. Is there a website there as well, or is it just all Instagram shopped? No, no, I've got a website. So saintgustav.com. Um, you can go through the website. Sorry, the Instagram to get to the website as well, and I've linked the Saint Gustav on my personal Instagram. So it's all linked. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I've I've been on the website most of the day. I just wanted to get it dropped in there for you, mate. So uh, anyone that listens, uh, <laughs> give it a. <laughs> nah, nah, great plug but um yeah and um yeah that's that, that's um yeah like i said pretty interesting mate and, and i uh, i hope it goes well for you um obviously that's off the field mate um talked obviously about last season um what's the what's the goals for this year coming forward now like you said just slowly getting back into a bit of skills and, and, and gym work at the moment what's um what's your, what's your personal goals for for, for for the year before moving into the team um well i guess yeah all the reds players um have gone back to club and some have gone on to wallaby so for me it's just uh getting back into uq they've had a bloody strong season at the moment i think they're undefeated um 10 or so rounds in which has been awesome to see um so hopefully go back and play a bit of heavy footy and take them to another premiership would be unreal but for me personally i think uh, this is just a good good amount of time to sort of build and grow as a player like get stronger in the gym work on those small skills, you know, um, usually don't have time to do during preseason. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one this year, not having NRC. Um, it usually plugs this back end of the year, but, yeah, just focus on those little things for me. Yeah, perfect. Like you said, obviously a lot of the boys are away with the Wallabies and and, and that. So when will everyone get back into into hooking in as, as a team? What, have you got a couple of months yet? Or? I think so, yeah. So we officially have a Reds breakup in a few weeks, which we're having a nice lunch together when the Wallabies guys finish their French series. And then I think the Wallabies will be off for a while with the Rugby Championship. And then I'm not sure if there's going to be a uh, 
spring tour at the end of the year. But yeah, it'll be a while until the Reds get back together, maybe late, like late this year or early next year. So yeah. Yeah, it's a fair while, mate. That's a fair while. And like you said, you, you, you've got a fair bit of time now to um to, to work on yourself. Um, Any niggles in that picked up? Or you, you're pretty fit, you're, like you said, if you're going back to UQ. And you had a, do you have a foot injury a while back or? Um, yeah, I had a, I've had a few little niggles. Um, been a pretty heavy season, but uh, no, to be honest, I've, my body's been pretty good um, throughout the season. I haven't had any major injuries or anything, but uh, I just came back from a pretty nasty knee injury, literally the first week of Super Rugby AU. I came back from my knee. Um, because late, I think actually it was October last year. I uh, it was playing for club, just got an awkward fall, did my MCL and PCL, and then was stuck in hospital for a while with a bit of cellulitis, which is not fun. Um, so that was a long, long haul back. It was a few months out of the game for me, but um, timed it pretty well. Miss all of preseason and then come back first round. So <laughs> perfect. That's, <what> every, that's, <laughs> that's everyone's dream, isn't it? I know, yeah. None of the running, all the rugby. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be perfect, mate. Um, yeah, like we, we've covered a fair bit in a short bit of time. I'm just pulling up Instagram because I asked a few questions. We'll see if anything come in. I don't have much of a following at the moment, so we'll see. <laughs> no, there's cool. nothing bad. Um, Tong and okay. Thor. Yeah, no, nah, no one's thrown you under the bus. I might make a couple up. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> Tong and Thor. Um, is he the strongest man alive and what's he like to train with? He, he seriously could be the strongest man alive. <laughs> He's um, genetically a freak. Oh, like I've seen him, you see him in the gym. He's not like, he's just chilling in the gym, just like strutting around, often dancing in the gym and then I'll get up to the bar and squat like 250 for like reps. Yeah. Like, I couldn't do that in my wildest dreams. Um, I think I've seen him squat, like front squat, like, 200 kilos, which is ridiculous. Yeah. He's, uh, his legs are thick. That's all I yeah, can tell. Oh, I know. I was going to say, it's cent- low center of gravity as well. Like he is, his leg is. Oh, like, yeah. Well, I mm. can't show you yes. my legs, but my leg is literally like that. <laughs> and I've, yeah. And he's so quick on his they feet and he as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he's a, he's a prop in a, in, in a back spot. That, a, he's a back in a prop's body from when That's I watch it. him play. That's but, um, yeah, he's, uh, He's very explosive. And he's a good, he's a really good guy now. One of my good mates. Um, yeah. Pretty laid back. Humble. Just, uh, yeah. Massively humble. Um, absolute sweetheart. Like, uh, give him a big cuddle. He's like a big kid, to be honest. Um, yeah. He's a kid in a bloody man's body, that's for sure. Um, yeah. He'd be a family man as well, wouldn't he? He'd be a, he'd be a big, big, big family man. Yeah, massive family man. Um, he looks after his family. I know that much. Yeah, radio. Um, we've touched on this one, mate. Um, this is from Jay Nottingham. Uh, he's. Uh, are you going to stick with rugby, or do you think you'll go to medicine? Um. Well, I mean, I've always thought like the thought behind getting my undergraduate degree out of the way is I always wanted something to fall back on in case, like you said, I get a bad injury. I have to give up rugby, unfortunately. It does happen. Um, so, yeah, I always wanted that as a backup option. At the moment, deciding between rugby and medicine, you know, I can always pick up medicine post-rugby yeah. career, um, you know, as long as your mind is still relatively sharp. But rugby is a young man's sport. So you've got to get in, you know, do what you can, earn a bit of money, have some awesome life experiences, achieve what you want to achieve. And then, you know, I think medicine for me will come later. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, that's my my thoughts about that question. I've obviously thought about that quite a bit. Um, seeing now guys that I've studied with are pretty much fully fledged doctors working in a hospital, um, which is really cool, and I'm really happy for them. Um, but I think for my journey, um, the medical path will be a post career option. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, mate, and we and we touched on it. You, you could last two years. Hopefully, you know, you can have a ten year career and. And you, like you said, you've, you've got that graduate to, to fall back on and, and, and you've got the career lined up for you. Um, next question is, what is it like having a legend of a sister? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to answer that because obviously Louise asked that question, my little sister. Yeah. Um, that she's, a, she's a lovely girl. If, she's, if she actually stays and watches this, which I doubt she will. <laughs> Lovely girl, my little sister, and I'm feeling for her stuck down in Sydney. So it was her birthday, actually, on the 23rd of June. 23rd of June. happy birthday. Yes, hope you get it locked down soon. Yeah, nah, awesome. And um, last one um, is from a Tim Watson. Uh, I don't know if he's related to yourself, but he just said, um, what's up, cuz? He's a good friend. <laughs> nah, perfect. But yeah, mate, like I said, um, I really appreciate your time. Um, I really, yeah. What did, what did Tim say? What did Tim Watson say? He said, what did Tim Watson say? What's up, cuz? Oh. <laughs> yes. He's uh, he's actually Tim Watson. Um, my honorary, he, I'll call each other cousins, but he's like my little brother. But when we did the Queensland Reds, Reds to Regions program, yeah. I don't know if you've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like go, going North. back out to the clubs, was it? Yeah. 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 So we got sent around Queensland for a union around the state, which is an awesome initiative i feel and i went up north to townsville in uh 2019 about my billet family the watsons lovely family and i've uh oh, wow. been in yeah and i talked to them pretty much the two boys timmy and maddie pretty much every second day they hit me up we chat yeah right so well, you went out to their club for example and then and then they took you in for a couple of days and and they i'm assuming they're young fellas are they and they just kept yeah. in contact yeah yeah, the young boys. And it was awesome uh, awesome to see them this year. I got up to Townsville uh, playing against the Chiefs. Yeah. So I saw them after the game, gave them a big hug. It was good to see them. Went and had a beer or two, which was lovely. Yeah, perfect. Um, with the with the comp now, mate, like obviously um, I follow up very rugby, but I just with what's the what's the go? Obviously, after um, obviously you came together against the New Zealand teams. Um, it, I've read in a bit. And I don't know if you look into it too much as a player, but is it going to go back to that or with New Zealand, Australia? Like I've seen the South African teams are now going in the English, like with the Welsh and uh, the Welsh and Irish and Scottish. What's the go with um, with the Australia, New Zealand comp? Yeah, to be honest, I have no idea. There's uh, it seems to be quite a bit of divide between a domestic and then a Trans Tasman competition like 2021, or if they just merge it together and make it one big. Trans-Tasman yeah. competition. So, what, 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 how did you find it? Did you find the, the like after, at, like obviously, how did you find playing against the, the Aussie clubs? Obviously, it's, it's like having local rivalries all the time, I guess, isn't it? and everyone's pushing for a spot for for the Wallabies as well. Like, there'd be a fair, you know, it, it, it's good for Australian rugby, I think. Yeah, I, I think uh, I do like the domestic competition in the fact that there's, um, you know, like you said, those, those, uh, those rivalries that are really built up and everyone's playing for a Wallabies jersey and the grand final, like the attendance of the grand final for our game hasn't been seen for the 10 odd years. Yeah, well, which is incredible. Yeah, at Suncorp, like, you haven't seen that since 2011, which is unreal. Um, so that's obviously awesome for the sport 
in Australia, but I think people need to realise that we do need to play the Kiwis. They're the best in the world. They have the best systems. And if we want to be the best, challenge the best play, I guess. What was that um, like? It was pretty for, stark. Go on. Sorry. Go it's on. pretty stark seeing the results from that Trans-Tasman, to be honest. It just shows there's a little bit of a gap. I don't think we're far off, but there definitely is a gap at the moment between mm. you know, yeah. Australia and New Zealand. Bridge that gap. We need to play against yeah, exactly, mate. You've got to play against the best, and, and that's obviously going to just improve um, Australian rugby. Just going on there, I just touched on it, like just thought about that. You said 2011, you were in the stands watching that final. How old were you then? I think I was year nine. Uh, just three years before. Yeah, so year nine, I would have been like 15. 15 years old. What was that? How was running out thinking about that when you were 15 years old and then actually making it uh, and playing there yourself? It's a pretty cool experience, pretty surreal. I um, I actually remember the week of the grand final. Um, had an interview um, just to build up excitement for the for the grand final, and I I actually kept my ticket, my Suncorp Stadium ticket, um, in my wardrobe for like ten years, which is kind of embarrassing, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> I got it out and, and showed the cameraman. He was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" So they obviously brought up a bit of a feel on it but yeah I kept my ticket because that was a big moment in my life and then to emulate that but being a player this time around you know it's crazy running out seeing like the top level of Suncorp packed out and I hadn't seen that I hadn't seen that packed out like ever yeah it was yeah it was and the atmosphere was crazy and the the crowd was so loud especially when we scored right at the end to win it um so it's kind of it was a good game oh it was crazy the ending was bloody scary but uh you know, it's a circle of life sort of stuff, right? So there could be a kid in the crowd who's in year nine looking at me and my team being like, I want to do that. It would be young Tim cool. Tim Watson. How's Tim? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be awesome. That'd be very cool. That, that could be a T-shirt idea as well, eh? You could have had the two, you could get the two tickets. Yeah, that could be very cool. But, uh, yeah, nah, sweet. Um, yeah, um, there was just one other thing I was going to ask you there. Oh, obviously we're touching on... Um, the Wallabies, you don't have to obviously that that a long term goal for yourself or a short term goal. Yeah, hundred percent. I would have uh, would have loved to have been picked this year, but you know, there's a few tests later this year, so I'll just keep playing footy, my good footy for uh, for UQ and see what happens with through injury or whatever. But um, in terms of it being a massive goal of mine, yeah, I've always wanted to play for Wallabies. Um, you know, representing your state's awesome. Representing Australia on the highest level of rugby, I think every footy player aspires to play at that level. Um, so, yeah, I'll just keep putting my best foot forward. Um, hopefully, you know, that selection comes one day. So, yeah, definitely, definitely want to take that one off. Yeah, no. What um, what position did the the old man play? Uh, he was pretty similar. He was back rower. Um, he usually played number eight for Queensland. Surprisingly, when he went to internationals to play for the Wallabies, he was mostly number seven. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, that was interesting. Didn't pilfer though. He just seemed to punch people on the head. Was his thing. But um, yeah. yeah, it was a different game back then. Yeah, it's just changing a little bit at the moment, isn't it? Any, yeah, definitely. Any uh, obviously, it's good for the for the head for the concussions and stuff. But any any uh, any big tackles at the moment seem to be going uh, into red cards, which is a, a bit of a mad one as well. Obviously, that's pretty yeah. pretty pretty interesting for you, mind. Do you you look into that sort of stuff, medicine and. Uh, concussions sort of stuff whilst playing the game or not really? Yeah. Yeah. I've looked into that sort of stuff. I'm um, pretty interested by it. Um, like CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy is obviously a long-term 
effect of too many concussions. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad there's a few more policies being put in place around concussion. They seem to be more stringent, which is good, I think, good for the health of players. Because there's a few guys who I know um, at the moment who are playing and who have concussion symptoms, which is pretty scary, to be honest. Probably one of the scariest injuries you can have. Um, but with, the, with to do with the red cards as well and the high tackles, I'm glad there is common sense coming into the game as well. I think you've seen in the past few weeks that when someone's like actually carrying yeah, and someone's head, there is some mitigating factors. So I understand the scientific side of it. Um, that obviously the common you want to sense limit. prevails as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be it should be on balance as well. Yeah, and and the same as that with with the ruck. Do you mean like clearing out a ruck? Like body height, you know. At the end of the day, you're gonna catch somebody's head every now and then. That can't be a red card. Do you mean it's gonna? It can change the, such a uh, a big part of the game. Um, but like you said, obviously, yeah, it's it's a pretty scary um, injury. Concussions. I've had a, had a couple where I've been out for a long period of time. But it is good to see people talking about it, uh, and I think it's such a big thing. Like it used to, you know, you'd look three, four years ago, it was it was quite like um, known as quite manly. You know, like it was a you were a bit soft if you went off, if you had a concussion, do you know what I mean? So I think how much has changed in such a short period of time um, is, is obviously a positive thing. And yeah, hopefully it can go yeah. from grassroots all the way to the top. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sweet. Mate, I, I've really touched on, um, on everything I wanted to talk to there. Obviously, um, yeah, you've got your before, during and after pretty much all... All, uh, all locked in at age 24. Um, I really appreciate your time, mate. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, obviously, good luck for the rest of the comp with uh, UQ. Um, hopefully, yeah, like you said, you can pick up a premiership there. And um, and then, yeah, back into Reds camp. And, uh, and hopefully you can go all the way again with the Reds. Yeah, that's the plan. Thanks very much for having me. No, I really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks again. Hey, guys. Um, if you're still listening, big thanks. I hope you enjoyed. This podcast is brought to you by Goosey Sports for all of your team wear needs. Um, please like, share, and spread the word about this podcast so we can keep it going and keep growing. Thanks again. Bye.